The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Chase Elliott will join his father as the only Georgia-born driver now. Two of them to win at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So you think these fans have heard of the pool room before in Dawsonville? We've been live all day there with Rutledge. Is it okay if Rutledge rings a siren tonight? Yeah, just don't tell him not to break it. Now that thing is uh, really special. Let's hit that siren! That's what it looked like. Welcome to NASCAR America. Motor Miles, Kyle Petty still laughing about the peach. There's a whole story to that. Jeff Burton, Steve Latar. Listen, we have a lot jammed into this show. Great race at Atlanta. And it was a good weekend for Georgia drivers. We had, what, Austin Hill, Chase Ellis. Yes. So two Georgia drivers, two Georgia natives, won both the Xfinity and the Cup race. Corey LaJoy is going to uh, join us in the good. second segment. Had a great, great run right run. there. Great it ended run. up a big great wreck, run. but there was a lot of sparks and a lot of highlights, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a Ross Chastain conversation, I'm sure. And also our old buddy Parker Kligerman found yes. his way back to Victory Lane in the truck. Well done, Parker. Oh, yes. So we're going to have him on here and tell him everything he could have possibly done better in the truck race, <laughs> even though he went to Victory Lane. But let's start uh, down in Atlanta, the new Atlanta. Jeff, you and I had this conversation. What are we going to see? We're going to see drafting. We're going to see single file. It looked a little spread out on Saturday with the lower grip, the lower downforce. We get to Sunday. It looked like Speedway Racing to me. Great race. Well, what I liked about it, it was Speedway Racing with, with poor handling cars. It yeah. reminded yeah. me of a Daytona race before it got yeah. repaved, where some people go run wide open, some people couldn't. Uh, and I like that because that shows me that already the track is starting to yeah. change a little bit, and we're going to go through this transition of races like that, where what is the grip level? Can I run wide yeah. open? Can I not run wide open? And that has proven to produce some pretty exciting racing. Yeah, and l- listen, from start to finish, they raced every lap. And that's all you can say. And, and we don't get that all the time. So you, you have to look at it from the time the green flag dropped until the time the checkered flag fell. Um, somebody was racing somewhere, and 90% of the time, it was first, second, third, and fourth. It was where the camera was. So um, it, it was, it was a, the best race I've seen racing-wise almost all year long. Well, listen, as we always say, this is the fan show. You fans are the most important part, so we'll be taking your phone calls. one nascar nbc So that was the racing. We talked about the chaos. 
Chase Elliott didn't just win, but I think he got overlooked. He swept the race. He won stage <laughs> yeah. one, stage two, and the finish. And I bring that up just because, you know, I'm with you. I, you know, I know he had a good car, but that perhaps is the hardest thing to do, especially yeah. at a speedway where we see kind of comers and goers, pushes and shoves. I enjoyed the style of racing. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised we didn't have the big wreck. Like, we had some wrecks, Listen, but not a 20-car pileup. I was, I was fascinated. Christopher Bell spins out of the middle of the pack, nothing. Yeah. Um, Denny spins out of the middle of the pack, nothing. You know what I mean? I mean, it, you just spun out of the middle of the pack. It's not like it was at Daytona or Talladega where you go up and come back and you collect and all that stuff. We didn't see a lot of that. So I, I, I was really surprised about that. I, I, don't, I didn't know what to expect. I watched the spring race, and I thought, okay, and that was different, you know, but is this going to be just as different? Um, I was... I was impressed. Uh, I was impressed that even the ill-handling cars seemed to be able to stay in the pack mm-hmm. yeah. and make an adjustment and get where they needed to be. Um, and that I think that's a, a, a tribute to the car and to the drivers right. because they never gave up on what they had. So I think we should set the stage, right? So we're late in the race at this point, and there's going to be a restart. It ends up being uh, Corey LaJoy and Martin Truex Jr. on the front row. They go through one and two. Truex slides up. That basically puts... The nine of Chase Elliott, the seven of Corey LaJoy battling on the last two laps. So, Jeff, when we go back to look at it, right, we're going to start here. It's about two to go, I think, at this point. And this is where Chase Elliott finds his way back to the lead. He gets a big run off the nose of the 43. At this point, I think the seven's kind of a sitting duck. I don't think he can protect both lanes. Well, Chase Elliott had moved from the bottom lane to the outside lane because Eric Jones and Blaney on the outside lane had some momentum. That pushed uh, Chase out in front of Corey. So now Corey... Now, he's got a push from the one car on the bottom, but I don't think the one car was a great pusher. The front end uh, damage on the car, I thought that hurt the speed of that car. Corey does the same thing that Chase did. So Corey's looking. Now he moves to the top. He picks up the run from Eric Jones and Blaney. Now he's got the momentum. What's he going to do with it? Tries to go to the outside. Almost there. Chase with a big block, and now Corey's in the wall. And now game over. Now the big wreck. But... Uh, you know, when I look at that, both Chase Elliott and Corey LaJoy changed lanes to get the push from the outside lane to get that forward momentum. Yeah. That was great work by the spotters, great work by the drivers. I think the damage on the one car had contributed to that a great deal. There just was not a lot of energy on the bottom lane. Well, we're going to get to the damage in the one car because there's a lot of conversation about that <laughs> damage. But first, I think we need to give credit where credit's due. Chase Elliott those last couple yeah. laps, I thought the black block was fair. Corey LaJoy oh, said the block was fair. Yeah. What was your thoughts yeah, on the move? Listen, I, I thought it was fair. Um, I, and, and listen, I heard him explain it as a mega block. Yeah. Okay? As a me- but when I watch it, I think it's just more like, hey, I'm going up here. I'm going mm-hmm. up here. I'm going up here. You know what I mean? He just kind of eased over that way. And, and you see, it, it's not, he doesn't change lanes drastically. He floats up in, in about 100 yards and takes him up there. Um, and listen, it's a block straight up, but it's the last freaking lap, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and Corey, Corey did everything he could do. And we were—I was just in here talking to Nate. Um, God, he drove a great race, man. He drove a great race, and and he did everything. When you get in that situation, he'll be a better driver next time he's in that situation, and he'll be a better driver the third time he's in that situation. The difference is. The nine car has been there time after time after time. When I look at that, I'm looking at Eric Jones, I'm looking at Corey um, LaJoy, 
and I'm looking at Ross Chastain, three guys that have probably been there once, yeah. maybe twice at the most. They don't know what they're doing either. You know, and that's not a knock at them. They just don't have that experience that if you had a Denny Hamlin or a Kevin Harvick or a Kyle Busch or those guys, those last laps may have played out different. Well, he mentioned Denny Hamlin. Now's the time. We might as well go ahead and transition from Chase to the man of the hour. Uh, you know, I'd like to thank Ross Chastain because he's made my job real easy. It's a lot of content for all of us to talk about. Uh, it's been a long season of frustration for multiple drivers with Ross Chastain. Once again at Atlanta, we see an accident. There was one accident where Chastain made contact with Truex, but this is the one that I think everybody was shocked by. If we woke at it one more time, right? Chastain right here just leaves the bottom by a groove, groove and a half, comes up and catches the left rear of Denny Hamlin. Um, it was pretty egregious, in my opinion, the wreck and, and our great... See, I don't see it that way. Well, hold on. Well, let's hear from the guys involved. Before we analyze it, let's hear from both Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain of their opinion of that incident. point has the line been crossed too many times with one car? I mean, it's just, uh, it's all in whatever I'm, level I'm willing to take, and you know, it's just uh, it's just another another unfortunate circumstance for him. Is there any way he's going to win a championship this year with the way he's upset so many people? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just uh, everyone has their different tolerance levels, uh, certainly, but I've, you know, I'm, I'm, you guys know I've, I've reached my peak. Well, then what do you do about it? How do you walk out of here? The car on the right. You know, it just it all works itself out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Denny. Yeah, thank you. When stuff like that keeps happening, how does that change your mindset as a racer just on the racetrack, in the race, and as you move forward to new races? In the car, it's no different. Just keep trying to win, right? Keep restarting. We're, we're restarting the front two rows for the end, and we're going to have a shot. So, um, yeah, now it's I'll explain my side to him and tell him, you know, I just I had damage, and I overestimated how fast I could go in the corner with the draft. And, um, Ross, uh, obviously you talked about learning and the process of learning throughout all this, but obviously it's another situation. Do you worry how much of an impact this can have potentially throughout the rest of the season, potentially in the playoffs, if more guys get upset and what kind of impact that could have on you later in the year? This one's so different because I had so much damage. I, I just, y'all know that I would take full responsibility if I just ran into him, but I had so much damage. I was so much tighter. We had done a lot to free the car up, and it was just way too tight, and, and I just couldn't carry the throttle like that earlier, and I still lifted some, but it, it wasn't enough. So I, I don't put this one anywhere near the other instance. Do you need to explain that to him or others? Or? Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's go down here. All right, so let's basically, I'm going to wrap it all up. Denny didn't say a whole lot. He was pretty quiet, didn't, you know, gave some answers. I didn't hear a whole lot there other than, you know, tolerance level, and it works itself out. I'm not sure what that's code for. Maybe it's not code for anything. <laughs> then Ross Chastain is taking the position that he feels this incident is different than most because he had damage on the vehicle. I don't like that situation or that explanation personally because he had damage on that vehicle for many, many laps, and I feel like he had driven it all the way back up into the top five. He knew what the situation was. I slept on this, and I thought about this, and I, but I'm going to start taking the position that who am I to judge what, what Chastain does on the racetrack? He has found his way to the top of the most elite stock car racing series in the world, and he's won two races this year. 
What I'm looking for, Jeff, here's my new frustration with Chastain. <laughs> my new frustration. My new frustration is, night, my new frustration is, after I slept on it, is own it. I just want him to own it. If you're going to be the guy that are going to hit people, own it. Logano moves Byron at Darlington. And when I asked, it's not I got in too deep, he lifted too early. No, no. He said, yeah, he made me mad, and I moved him out of the way. And I'm like, whether I like it or not, bravo, Joey Logano. So Ross Chastain, I've moved past. I wasn't a driver like you two. I'm not going to judge the driving, but I can judge the response in the media, and I'm waiting for Chastain to just own it when he gets out of the race car. Well, I'm, uh, Kyle said he saw it differently, so I'm going to give the floor to Kyle. Okay, no, 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 the man, no, the man from Virginia yeah, has yeah, given one I, minute to the man from no, North Carolina. No, no. Listen, I, I just think Chastain is the whipping boy right now. It's like if if if, if we're having if we got a cookie jar and a, a cookie's missing, we're all going to say Ross took it. Ross has got it. But is he's it fair because he's taken it five times, wait, though? Wait, wait. Listen, he's put himself in that position. Okay. I'm not going to argue that point. Okay. I am not going to argue that point. He has put himself in that position. But he's put himself in a position that if he touches another car, we're going to scream about it. We as the media are going to scream about it. Drivers are going to scream about it. Logano has been in that position. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you're right. Logano owns it. He's been in that position. Ross puts himself in bad places on the racetrack. And we've all seen drivers. You, you and I grew up with drivers who you could run the whole race, and they're going to put themselves in a position at least six times to crash everybody in the field, and they're going to count on you to save their butt. Okay? okay? And Ross will do that. Ross will put himself in a position and count on Jeff to save him. He'll count on Denny to save him. He'll count on somebody else. He's got to learn. He's got to get better from that perspective. Ross has only been in a car to run up front for the last year and a half. We're, we're just talking, we're talking just like we're talking about Corey. Mm -hmm. Get some experience, okay? But I'm not going to criticize him too much because right now everybody else is flapping their jaws while he's kicking their ass, okay? <laughs> he's third in points. Mm -hmm. He's third in points. See, then he's 19, okay? He's got double the top fives, double the top tens. He's kicking your butt. I grew up with this when Daryl Waltrip came to the sport. Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Kelly Yarber hated his ass, okay? Daryl hated Dale Earnhardt Sr. Hated him when he come along because he took it away from him. Right. We, we see this all the time. We're talking about the difference between a 28 or 29-year-old and a 41-year-old. The writing's on the wall, okay? There's a changing of the guard. We're seeing it with this car. We're seeing it. There's a frustration level there with Denny, too. It just so happens, just like with Jimmy Spencer and Kurt Busch, they used to just do this right, all the time. Right, right. Now we're seeing it with these two. So I don't really have a problem. And, and if anybody, I don't think that was intentional. I think it was stupid. But I don't think it was intentional. Putting yourself in that position was not smart. But it wasn't intentional. He didn't intentionally put himself, you know, uh so, so I got two things. First of all, we've missed Kyle Petty. Congratulations on the newborn, because I've been missing that. And the second thing is Logano's watching, going, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I didn't get, get into this. I had nothing to do That's with true. it. That's true. But he is a good example for both of us. All right, you heard my man from yeah. North Carolina. And back I, to the man from that's Virginia. That's just how I, but, no, that's fine. But that's the beauty yeah. of it, and I think that's what makes the sport so great. We don't all have to see it the yeah. same way. No, so go ahead. Listen, listen I, I, I defended Ross Chastain at Coda. Yeah. Because people are like, he just wrecked him. Well, he got moved out of the way right. right, by the guy that he moved back out of the way for That's the win. Right. What are you supposed to do? Just let him push you around? You can't do that. Here's, here's where I am with Ross. Number one, I love his intensity. I respect a great deal how he got here. Yeah. And I think that he's afraid 
to back it down because he's had to fight, scratch, claw for everything he's got. He's afraid to change. He's afraid if he does, they're going to push him around. He's not going to be willing to do the things that he has been doing that has got him here. I have complete respect for that. I have complete respect for that. The problem I've got with Ross is that some of these mistakes, he's way better than. True. So I don't, not so sure they're mistakes. Like his talent level is high enough to win cup races, to be a championship contender. I don't know how you drive into turn three at Atlanta and not lift. Like I don't, that makes no sense to me. So when I watch some of this stuff, even the thing with Truex, he's got Truex jacked up and spins him around. You got a gas pedal in that thing. We've watched racing at these racetracks with people trying to push each other. It doesn't work out. Like he's better than the situation that he is putting himself and others in. Right. And that is the thing when I watch Ross, and I've watched Ross with a ton of respect and at the same time a ton of frustration as a former driver, not only in cup, but in trucks. You and I went and watched yeah, seen it. many truck races and many extended races, and I'm like, if I was racing against that guy, I wouldn't have tolerated it. Yeah. That's my opinion. But I have a ton of respect right. for where Ross has come yeah. from and what he's having to do. They, when, when you start trying to take other people's trophies, they don't like it. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, that's true. But that's true. there is a reason, I do agree with you, because we've seen it over and over yeah. and over in this sport where people become the whipping boy. Like we yeah. saw with Jimmy Spencer, yeah. he oh, could yeah, be yeah. near a wreck and it was his fault. Yeah. We saw it with Ernie Irvin, yep. yeah. right? We've yeah. seen it multiple times, and that has happened with Ross. But there is, undeniably, if you go back and you talk to Xfinity drivers, and you talk to truck drivers, and you talk to cup drivers, he is the name that constantly comes oh, for up sure. of the guy that they just don't think gives them any respect. Yeah. And that's his choice. That's his choice. I'm not that's the right. one here, and you're not the one here, yeah. and you're not the one here to tell Ross how he should race. Yeah. But there is a consequence as well as not there there's a consequence to not being aggressive enough yeah, yeah. Too, for sure right? there is, like, there is. A, so 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 let's take this forward because i agree with you i think that's where i got to my point if you're yeah. good enough to to win two races then you can't tell me you're not good enough not to hit people that's where i'm talking i want them to own it so yeah, let's move I give forward, you examples of people that were good enough to win races and not good enough uh, not okay to hit people that's too. fair but so you let's move it forward though because denny was asked would you win a championship but let me hold on but not at the rate that it happens with ross oh yeah Ernie Irvin. Well, but Ernie Irvin changed. <laughs> Ernie See, Irvin, I don't think he did change. Well, Ernie See, Irvin you stood, think he did okay, change. Well, I, don't think, I think he, they I think, with Ernie. I, I think he changed some, but I, I, so, I don't. So I, Mark Martin but, had but, a conversation. No, my, my point is, I, I'll say this. You said that you think that, that Ross is smart enough that maybe some of this is, is that he should be smarter than that. I'm not sure he's smarter than that sometimes. Okay? I never thought Ernie was smarter than that. Okay, and, and I'll be straight up with you. I, Ernie just drove the shit out of the car. Okay, he just drove the shit out. Of it. You know that. Yeah, he, he he just drove the car. You, you know what I mean? I mean, he just run the wheels off of it, race in and Ross race out. Does. And 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 that, so I, I don't. I, I do understand. I understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure that I totally agree with all of it. Can we? Uh, but but, I, I, but I, can, that's we, okay. can we be clear on this? The Ross Chastain that we have today. Is not the same Ross Chastain we're going to have in ten years from now. No, it's not. No, no it's every not. driver no, it's evolves, not. and I, I, this. So, 
listen, I don't want people to think, or you to think, or you to think, or whatever, or Ross to think. I I have a ton of respect for him. He's better than what some of the decisions he makes. That's what frustrates me with Ross. And he puts drivers consistently in really bad situations. Yes. And there's a consequence to that. He has to make that decision. Is it worth it? This is what I'll say about, let me say this. Oh. So I had multiple occasions where, where I made decisions to do things that some of them worked out and some of them That's didn't. That's right. And, and you we did, all did too. We all did. And you did, did it on, on strategy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you did on strategy. That's and right. we applied and we learned. And we applied and we yep. learned. And, and that's what Ross is going through. Yep. And his, the biggest challenge for Ross Chastain is can he take the chip off his shoulder and still win? Good point. That's, that's the a valid point. biggest challenge yeah, that's for Ross point. Chastain. Hey, if that's he changes, can he win races? Yeah. And he would be terrified to change, and his car owner is terrified to change, and his crew chief yeah. is yeah. terrified Listen. for him to change. Because they want to win. Yeah. I'm going to apply and learn. And you know what I'm going to yeah. apply and learn? I'm going to apply and learn. This is a two-segment conversation. <laughs> and we got our man, Corey LaJoy, coming up in the All next right. segment. So we're going to steer it back to Corey and have a conversation with him about his exciting run down in Atlanta. But when our old buddy Parker joins in the third segment, we're going to bring <laughs> Chastain back up. All right, we'll do so it next again. up, we'll do it again. Corey LaJoy, the man who was within about a mile of getting that first ever win. Bring him in. We're going to talk to him next on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. There's the man, Super Shoe, right there. Right there. Smile, man. You deserve it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. (laughs) He's had to listen to all the cheering for the other guy today. How close was that for you, my friend? Close I've ever been, uh, for sure. That was fun. I just, uh, I just want, I'm proud of my guys. Fire, raise energy, built bar, Sluter, everybody's helped us out. Uh, it was nice to have that thing out in the wind for once. But, uh, you know, I, I made my move and didn't work out. He made a good block, and the siren was ringing in Dawsonville, unfortunately. I wish that uh, that granny in the front row over there wouldn't been clapping so much. I wish that seven car was in victory lane. But we keep running like this more consistently. We'll, uh, that time will come. Walk us through the final restart, Corey, and you're thinking on what moves you had to make and then the one you've ultimately made that, that got you into trouble. I, I was going to school. I mean, that was the first time I've been leading a restart at one of these super speedway style racetracks and how much you have to drag back, time your runs, uh, cover the lanes. It's all new to me. So uh, when I get myself in that position again, I'll be a little more prepared and, and hopefully we can uh, do a little better job and be the one that can throw the blocks as opposed to the one that's uh, trying to make that late race move because that guy usually is in the uh, catbird seat. But you know, we, we, I just had some fun. I know that. And uh, hopefully we can have that seven car up front more often. Well, from an interview in Atlanta to your screens here at home, the driver of the seven, Corey LaJoy. Corey, 
First of all, thanks for joining us. I want to say what you did on track was amazing. The moves were awesome. But I think I was more impressed with the interview. I love the authenticity, yeah. the honesty. You calling out the grandma from the, the from the pool <laughs> hall. You had it all in there. Um, like, take us through that moment, right? Like, like you're a guy that's been in the sport a long time, and you you saw the white. You had a move. You were there. How, how do you compose all that and put such a great interview together? Uh, well, I think because racing has turned into my hobby and my work has been talking to here on Motor Mouse or on the podcast, Stack and Pennies <laughs> or on Sirius XM Radio. So, like, in that, as you guys know, like, when you're in the heat of the battle, you only see it from your own point of view now seeing it as like a media member uh in a way has kind of helped me process that and, and almost look at it from ten thousand feet I, I was just so proud of my spire guys because it's been a tough tough stretch we've been in the middle of right now and for us to rebound like that and execute a race and to have a chance to beat the hometown kid in atlanta uh also the 2020 nascar cup champion no less uh man we went down swinging and that's all you can ask for so, Corey, you, a lot of the guys that you're racing against, you have raced against a long time ago. Uh, they've been able to get great rides. So when you see those guys, uh, you, used, you used to beat them. You used to beat them in your own equipment. Do you feel like you're still on equal ground with the right stuff? You can take it to them again. Well, I mean, we're at the tip of the spear now. I mean, everybody has got to the Cup Series their own way. Uh, but, you know, those guys just happen to get around a great, group of people great organizations whether that be kyle larson or chase or bubba or daniel suarez i mean the list goes on and on of uh guys who raced in that you know 2012 class a, a decade ago that uh, i was going to toe to toe with and you know my path just hasn't been like that my path has been starting from the bottom at, at bk racing literally at the bottom of the barrel fighting scrapping almost like you're in nascar 2004 career mode and each rung uh you keep getting up the ladder and your car cars continue to get faster and faster but um you know those guys uh obviously are winners and champions and and i would love to think in the right situation i can be in that in that same scenario but uh for now man i, I love going to battle with with my seven guys and we showed what we were capable of this weekend Listen, you you impressed a lot of people, but I, and we talked about you in pre-race and said this is a guy who can come out here and and, and take a win uh, and totally totally up in the point system and totally up in the playoffs. But my question to you is this: is you go into a season and and I talk about it all the time when you start getting looks at wins, eventually the wins come. Um, but in the course of a season, how many races do you guys go into? Do you go into and say, I'm going to have a look at a win today? Obviously, you were confident going into Atlanta. You look at Daytona. You look at Talladega. Are there any other races that you look at and say, that's a race I've got circled that I know we can do something? Well, Martinsville is one I always get excited to, but I finished seven laps down on speed the first race there, so that was a pretty big letdown. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know what it is about Atlanta now. I feel like uh, it's a combination of you have to have great aero balance, but you also have the mechanical balance. And you see a lot of guys uh, trim their stuff out and not race well. And I feel like Sparks had a great setup there the first race of the year, as well as, uh, you know, this one when we came back. So um, I just, Atlanta, I, I just had a feeling. I had a feeling all week going in there that that was our shot to, uh, you know, to, to throw a Hail Mary, like I said in that NASCAR.com interview. Uh, and, and try to punch our way into the playoffs, and we uh, couldn't get any closer, to be honest with you. And I was, uh, I was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. All right, so Corey, it's a call, it's a call-in show, and I think we got a fan on the line that wants to talk to Corey. Go ahead, you're on with Corey LaJoy. 
Yeah, Corey. Hey, this is Josh Robotkin calling, and my question is, well, in the late 80s and early 90s, we saw Alan Kowicki rise up and become a champion in the 1992 season before his passing in 93. I know that the number seven always seems to have some major significance to the Kowicki family, and it's amazing to see you leading and competing for the victory with that number. Kyle Petty, I know you used to race against Kowicki when you were competing for the title in 92, so this question may pertain to you a little bit. But with how you performed, Corey, at Atlanta yesterday, could we possibly be seeing you as another underbird rising from Kowicki's old shop at Spire Motorsports? If so, what do you think your history, Mark, would be like, or your threshold would be compared to Kowicki? There's a couple of good ones, uh, Josh. Thanks. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was David versus Goliath uh, on Sunday afternoon, right in front of you. Um, and it, it was David. Unfortunately, did not. He, he almost he almost got him. But uh, it it the fact that the seven car Inspire Motorsports races out of Alan Kowicki's shop is something I don't take lightly. Yeah. Uh, the the Alan Kowicki mailbox that uh, Paul Andrews built back in '92 still stands out back, right? So like all those little knickknacks across the shop uh, always allows us to kind of tip our cap to the guys that came before us and. And the more I really dug into Alan's career growing up, it's like that's how I had to do it. I had to know what Bumpster was. I had to know uh, what change of the what the left side truck, you know, track bar did. Like those sort of things and the knowledge of the race car in the lower divisions is what kind of allowed me to uh, make the most out of the situations I was in, continue to make the most out of the situations I'm in. And, um, you know, it worked for him. The, the sports definitely evolved since, uh, you know, that 92 there just a lot more technical and i think alan was on the front side of that but um you know it's it's the cup series is tough man so anytime you get a shot to win like i said you've got to take it and you got to take your shot we made our shot we just missed the mark a little bit so Corey, i want when i ask this question i want to be clear i think you did everything right i think you did a great job of changing lanes getting a huge run uh from eric jones and blaney pushing him but i know how we all are <laughs> You lay in bed last night thinking about what I could have done different. Do you think that there was something you could have done different? Yeah, right here. Uh, it's showing it. He gets my right recorder. I, I didn't anticipate the run coming that fast. But I also wanted the bottom because the bottom could kind of maintain pace in one and two. And I thought that I could at least be door to door with them. But uh, we still had we still had a pretty good shot with it, with the one being uh, fairly committed to us, whether it be on restarts or in this moment here and we still were able to squirt from the 43 and give ourselves a shot. But the defining moment there was coming to two to go uh, when he got to my rear corner. If I would have just been able to, to cover that, we might have both been in the, in the fence upside down on fire, but uh, that's, that's the only thing I'd do different uh, if I'm in that opportunity again. Well, Corey, we appreciate you taking us through that. So we, we ask people all the time, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, man. What's, what's the one guy? Who's the one person that's reached out since this good run that surprised you? Did you get a phone call, a text, somebody you didn't see something coming from that, that maybe put a smile on your face and kind of, get, you know, kept you going for more wins here? Man, it's give or take about 400. Over 400 people are probably texting me. And, you know, guys like Dale Jr., obviously I've talked to you, uh, being a, a large part of what we're doing at Spire as well. It certainly means a lot. But it's it's not even somebody like anybody listening to this would know. It's like all those people that have helped me along the way that like still are watching my career. So, you know, the people who might not be 
significant to the people watching the race necessarily, but the people who are significant to my career, uh, those are the ones that really mean a lot. Well, man, thanks for calling yeah, in. We know where you're at. Go get you some sushi. It's right behind you. Other table over there. Uh, yeah. You've earned yourself a cold beverage, man. Great work on yes, Sunday. Impressive. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, fellas. Have a good evening. You too, man. Right. Got it. It's great to hear that. Asking that question because he's so genuine. Yeah. Right? It wouldn't shock me it's not a guy we know. Yeah. Right? It's somebody that worked on that yeah. K&N car. Somebody right. he helped in high school. You're just That's how Corey is. And I think that what the fans saw there is who he is. I hope he becomes a fan favorite. That interview was impressive. Corey is an old-school throwback driver. And, and, you know, he built his own race cars, raced against Chase Elliott, raced against all those guys he mentioned. He and his dad were in in his shop, in his dad's shop, building those race cars. And and he knows every every piece of them. Still today, he's a great fabricator, uh, understand, uh, you know, and he could go build a late model right now today, and it could go compete. So, I love the old school Corey LaJoy, and, uh, you know, listen, I, I'm proud of what Spire has done. Spire has taken a major step. I hope they can continue to take steps yeah. and keep that guy. Yeah. And, or, or if they can't, I hope he can find a way into yeah. a better ride where yeah. he can show what he can do. Either way, I'm happy with. Spire's done a great job. I uh, would love to see them be able to up their game and, and bring it, be able to bring in better cars. He said week. David Verth Goliath. Well, it was a David Verth Goliath weekend. Our buddy David, well, Parker that is. Parker Clearman, <laughs> the little team that could out of yes. Tennessee, went to the road course and went back to victory lane with Parker behind the wheel. We're going to have him join. We're going to talk a little truck racing and maybe get Parker's opinion on the Chastain action. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let me say this. Now, I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this. Sorry, caller. Okay, I'm going to say this. And let me say this. And I want to go on record with that, and I'm going to say it until pet freeze is over, okay? But let me say this. Let me say this, everybody. Leave your messages anytime after 730 on Wednesday, and we're going to get your questions and comments featured. We're going to do our best to. 1-844-NASCAR-NBC. Join us. I'm not telling you you're going to like the way we answer it, but at least maybe it'll be yeah. fun. You may not like it, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Hold that's on, right. caller. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's go to the fridge. Oh, look at this guy. Let me oh, say this, guys. So, Let me say this. We are so happy to have yes. Parker Kluggerman on. Obviously, everybody knows you won this race, but you didn't just win this race. You dominated this yeah. race and a fun race to watch. Again, a small team taking it to the big guys, just like we have with Corey LaJoy. Man, we're all proud of you. Tell us how you did it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome weekend. We were third in practice. We were second in qualifying and P1 in the race. I was like, we're going the right direction. But what a cool battle with Zane Smith. It was super respectful. You know, I, I actually had to go back and watch it because I didn't realize how often we went side by side through turn one. I was just so in the zone those last couple laps. But... Chris Carrier and Edwin Henderson Motorsports just put together an awesome truck. I mean, that thing was unbelievable to drive. We had a little bit more in the braking zone than anyone else there, I felt like. And so 
I, uh, as we got in that third stage, I just felt like there was no chance I was going to let this win get away. I knew we, uh, we had the truck to do it. If I just made the right moves and didn't make any big mistakes, we could find ourselves in victory lane, and sure enough, we did it. And it's, uh, it's really cool and gratifying to get that team back in victory lane because we've been so close the last couple months. Uh, and finally, just to break through, I feel like this can unlock a lot more wins for us in the future. Okay, that's that, and that, that, I want to ask you about the, you, you talk about Zane Smith and, and your racing. Um, that's a race. That's the kind of racing we haven't seen in about 15 years, <laughs> where guys don't beat, don't knock each other out of the way, don't just run through them. They actually race. Oh my gosh, what a novel approach to, to doing this sport. You actually race and gave each other room. What was that like for you? I mean, because he gave you lots of room, but every opportunity that you were in the other position. Um, did, was there, I mean, what's it like to race like that? Because well, I don't see it anymore. I, I know, Kyle, and it, it's a shame we don't, right? Because, and I think for a lot of reasons, right, we see, you know, now there's the winning, you're into the playoff systems and those sorts of things. Wins have become so valuable that if it's in front of you, you just got to take it, right? And I think when, uh, when Zane was behind me, though, I just felt like I had raced him enough the last couple of years. We've raced each other so respectfully all those times and then obviously pushed him to the win at Daytona that I felt like if there was going to be anyone that close to me for the entirety of the race, basically, uh, I felt good about it being him, right? And I knew that he was going to do, you know, a move. He, he wasn't going to make a move that I was going to have to think, like, why would anyone do that, right, or, or be braced for. I knew he was going to keep it respectful, and that was pretty evident early on when we were going side-by-side side through the, the midsection of that racetrack that's super tight. It's really hard to go side-by-side, side, and neither of us even doored each other. And I was like, all right, this is, this is going to be a straight-up battle to see who has the best truck on that given day and, and can, you know, maximize it to the most. And, uh, you know, he gave me that little shot at the end in the last corner, but I fully expected that, and I think that was completely respectful. We got bumpers there. You can use them. Um, but, yeah, I think that was hopefully a lesson to a lot of the truck series regulars that have not really raced that way in the last couple of years to, uh, to show that it can be done and that if, you, you know, you race that way, it puts on a great show for the fans. And I really think that was the thing that was coolest for me was that the fans won. Like, there were so many fans there that were so pumped to see a race that close all the way down the wire and not have it turn into some sort of destruction derby. Well, credit to you. You did yeah. a great job. Also, credit to him, you know, for having, yeah, you know, for having sure, the respect man, for, for sure. you. You've earned that respect, and uh, he showed it to you. So that was cool to see. Parker, uh, one of our longtime callers, Nas Carl, has got a hey. question for you. Hey, Parker. Man, I am so super stoked for you, man. I was at a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, watching it on a phone. I told you in a tweet about a month ago that I felt you could win. You did it. This win is what NASCAR is all about to me. So super happy for you. My question is, now with that little team, what opportunities do you hope can help come from this, whether it be helping your team or if you want to race more? Could you talk about that, please? Absolutely. Thanks, NASCAR. So, uh, you know, first of all, thanks for still watching. Even at the birthday party on the phone, I'm always watching NASCAR race on the phone. But, uh, you know, I think for us, you know, this was huge for a lot of reasons. We've been trying for many years to just expand the schedule to 75. We've done that to getting to the point where, you know, a couple years ago we were doing seven races in a season. Now we're doing almost half or a little bit more than half the schedule. Uh, we've always toyed with the idea of trying to go full-time, which would be fun. And I think, you know, the Hendersons, really want to make that happen. They have a lot of partners they've been talking to that obviously a win, a win always helps that respect. And then, of course, you know, I think when you, uh, when you look at other opportunities out there in the driver's, driving sphere, you know, winning is uh, what you have to do as a driver to get in those conversations. And, and I think 
I've already uh, had some people reach out, which has been really nice, and, and hopefully some more opportunities that will come from being able to get in victory lane. And I think for me at a road course, it was important because I've won an arc at a road course. I, I started road course racing, and I felt like it was one of those things where I had not truly shown my abilities on road courses yet. And I felt like this was a weekend where I finally got to do that, and hopefully we'll get more shots to do it in the future. Well, Parker, I hope you, I hope you get more shots yeah. and because and, you deserve them. Uh, but you also work for us. So yes, we're going to yeah. bring you into this conversation that we yes. had. And, uh, and Dean is a caller, and he wants to talk about Ross Chastain, if Love you it. can imagine it. Love it. Hey, guys. I'm actually not watching the show live, so this may have been discussed already. But I feel pretty comfortable saying that everyone there is a fan of Ross Chastain, the person, and, of course, his talent. But it seems like a lot of people have an opinion on what he should or shouldn't do in any given racing scenario, though. And I feel like Ross is the guy that will have to face the consequences of his own contact with these guys. Um, he doesn't seem to whine about it when repercussions take place. Looks like, you know, with Allgaier in the past, the proof is there that he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't complain about it. He just takes his licks and goes. So why do we have to uh, tell him what he should do to change? I know my man KP probably has something to say about this. <laughs> Well, we, we, ha we have discussed it, and you should be watching on your phone at a birthday party. Uh, although I couldn't do that because I would always get in trouble. But Parker, yeah. what do you have to say about it? Here's the thing. You, you guys alluded to it earlier in the show about, you know, this is not new for Ross Chastain to be in these positions. And, you know, I personally actually have been repped by Ross Chastain leading a truck race at Daytona back in 2014 where he picked my rear tires off the ground into the corner and spun me out and tried to blame me. And I was like, what do you mean? And, you know, that sort of uh, the next year we, we had another run in at Talladega going for the win where we, we end up wrecking each other. But, you know, that from those moments onward, I just knew Ross was someone that I had to race a certain way and be prepared to be raced a certain way. And that just became his, you know, his mantra. That's what you knew about him. That's what you know as a race car driver, what you're up against with him. And I think the only reason that we're talking about it as much now, obviously, is because it's happening at the Cup Series at the highest level, and he's a winner. And it's happening at the front. And as Kyle alluded to, he's having a very, very successful season while having some of these run-ins. But this is not new. This is, you know, Ross has not changed once in the last 10 years the way he races, whether it was back for 30th in a Cup Series race, up front in a Truck Series race, up front in an Xfinity Series race, or mid-pack. This is how Ross races, and he has not changed. And I think now, for him, the, the biggest thing is, you guys kind of allude to it, when you do it at this end of the Cup Series, these guys are guys you're going to be racing for years on end, you're going to be around them, and they can make it very hard for you to go and get that ultimate goal of winning a championship. And I think that is the part, Jeff, as you allude to, that's going to be really tough. In the other series, in trucks, in Xfinity, you're trying to get the Cup. That's always meaning you're going to move on, hopefully, eventually, and get away from those drivers. But when you're in the Cup Series, they're not going anywhere, and you, hopefully winning, are not going anywhere. And therefore, you're going to be up against this for a long time. And it, you can make it better for yourself, or you can make it really hard on yourself. And I feel like right now, he's, uh, he's making it pretty hard on himself. Well, I'm going to let Ross off the conversation for a minute because I'm going to make it more of a global conversation. Parker, I think you and I had this talk. Jeff and I had this talk. A week ago, it was Noah Gregson who was penalized for rough driving. His owner, Dale Jr., came out and basically... I'm not going to get it verbatim, but said he can't support that type of retaliation and rough driving. I'm wonder, Parker, right, as a guy trying to get that full-time ride, and you were just in the truck race, and that's why I think I want to talk. Let's talk lower series for a minute. Do you believe, because I believe, when someone like Dale Jr. comes out there, he owns four cars, most popular guy forever, in the Hall of Fame, when he says, I can't support that from my own guy, 
yeah. who's paying the bills at my company, bringing sponsorship in. What do we think? There were, like, do we think there's some trickle down effect that I don't mean Ross Chastain? Yeah. He's in Cup, but the other drivers that want to get the Cup. KP, I'll start with you. You think them young drivers hear somebody like or you know Dale say that and be like, I got to be maybe just a little bit smarter because I don't want owners now to not think I'm the guy. No. You don't think it affects the no. younger guys? No, because I think we've preached it's okay to run over people. It's okay to that, run through yeah, people. Yeah, that's my question. I, I think we've preached it for so long that it, it's, mm-hmm. it's part of the sport now. When, 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 when NASCAR said boys have at it, okay, the horse they left had the barn. <laughs> they, the, the horse left the barn mm-hmm. because then it went away. And, and when, Jeff, when Jeff came along, there was, there was respect. There was respect. When I came along, there was respect. I respected you as a driver and the equipment that you were in. When we got throwaway cars, where you just you throw them away when the race is over, you don't. That, yeah. that's, it doesn't mean anything. It's not more work for my guys back at the shop. We're just throwing that thing away when we get back. When you get to a point where it's not there, I like you. I don't respect you, but I right, like you. Right. You know what I mean? And and you, I don't. I, so it's it's different. And, and Ross is, and and I, I'm going to go back to Ross on, on some of this stuff too. These guys have this mentality. I, I'll never forget this. I'm running Daytona, okay. Rusty drives windshield deep up under the back of me, down the back stretch, spins me out through the grass, okay? And he's got an in-car camera. He's got an in-car camera. So we go to run a Patreon show, and I said, what happened, dude? And he's like, what? And I said, you spun me out through the grass. He said, I never touched you. <laughs> never touched you. I took the video to him next week. He said, I don't remember that at all. So zoned in on what he was doing. So zoned in on what right. he was focused on. He's oblivious to it. He's oblivious to it. And he drove because he was trying to get to the front. He was trying to get to the front. Sometimes I think Ross and some of these guys have that mentality. I'm just getting to the front. I don't care if I've got to run through you. You know what I mean? And it's, it's in and then it's out. And they don't hold it. They don't hold it. And that's why when you come back on them, they don't pay any attention to it because they're on to something else by then. You know, so it's a different, it's a, I don't have that mindset. And maybe that's why I wasn't a great race car driver. You, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't have that mindset. I have to look in the mirror and say, Dang it, I might have a trophy, but I wrecked Jeff Burton, and, and I don't want to be that way. <laughs> Go ahead there, Connecticut. I see your point, Connecticut. Well, because I, I, I think there's a couple things. One, I think, you know, we've made the reward so big for winning, right? That's what we've seen in the lower series, right, where it's just the idea is you have to win to get a shot. And you talked about Ross, you know, not changing who he is, Jeff, because, you know, he's scared that it might make, take away a little bit of his edge. And I think the funny thing is, as a viewer, as a fan – I like that. Like, I like Ross's <laughs> aggressiveness. I love watching it. I think it's awesome. I love seeing, you know, someone coming in there and sort of ruffling things up and sort of, you know, making, making waves in a lot of ways, right? Like, that's a really enjoyable thing to see from the outside. I hate racing against it. it was so, it's so tough to race someone like that because it's frustrating at times. But I can respect it for sure. But I definitely love viewing it. And I think that's part of the issue we have, Kyle, that you alluded to, which is, we've one, we've said it's okay, and two – I think from the outside, you have a large part of, a, of fans and that sort of thing that don't mind seeing that aggression because they think, that's why I tuned in, right? That's exciting. This is, we're seeing cars run into each other with bumpers. This is what it's, you know, what it's able to be done with these cars, and they want to see that type of you know, beating and banging at times. And I just think that sort of opened up that, I guess, to be allowed in a lot of ways. But, you know, you alluded to it. If the owners just said, no, I'm not going to hire that guy, well, then that would change things overnight. I think it's for sure. Well, and, and, and 
Ross's owner has said, I want you to stay the same. Yeah. So not yes. only has he said, I'm not going to hire people like that, he's going to say, I want you just like you are. Yeah. Right. And I think that, so, so, so Parker, as a, as a, I have this interesting theory that I've developed over the last several months, watching truck races, watching you as an experienced guy, trying to teach some younger drivers, hey, let's, let's, let's don't do this. I think that if, I think that Richard Petty and all those guys yeah. wish they would have done that with Earnhardt. Yeah. That they would, I, I bet they wish they would have early in Earnhardt's career done things to retaliate to say, dude, you're, we're, not, we're yeah. not putting up with this. Yeah. And, they, and enough of that wasn't done, and Earnhardt became the guy that would just run all over yeah. you. Now, later in his career, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy. That's but he exactly was right. for a period of time. For a period of time. So I wonder, like, what is, the, what is the responsibility in today's world, Parker? What is your thought about, you know, when I came in, Jack Ingram and those guys, Tommy Ellis, Jack Ingram, those guys, they would beat you, like physically beat you, yeah. you know, right? So what is the role of experienced drivers today? It's a great point. I, I think when I came into the truck series, you had Hornaday and Bodine uh, that were guys that if you, you know, mess with them, they were going to let you know very quickly that you mess with them and this is why it was wrong and this is why you should never do it again and this is what will happen if you do it again, right? Like It was like this is intense and it was the same in the experience series and the same as you got to the cup series. And I, I think there is a role for more experienced drivers, right, in that sense to let it be known that they saying, hey, like, this is how we race here. This is how we want to be raced. But I also think, once again, from the viewer side, it is interesting to see a younger driver come in with that perspective of not really caring, right, because they feel like this is why they're here. This is, you know, they care about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning and doing the best for their team and their people and the people that supported them. And they view it sort of where they're isolated. They're on an island away from all that. And if you're a driver who's one of their competitors and is trying to give them advice, I think that's a hard, you know, that's a hard thing to accept when you're one of those people that says, no, like this is, I fought so hard to be here. Now I'm here. I'm not going to give that up because you just don't like the way that, you know, I race or that I'm aggressive. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I definitely, you know, I see what you're saying, and I felt that too, and I don't know if we have that right now. But Denny, I think in a lot of respects, is sort of being that person right now for a Ross. Well, well so that's my question, right? So, and, and I'm questioning myself. Anybody can jump in. You mentioned that Ross, and, and I like you brought this up, that he didn't have a problem with being paid back, right? In his career, he never whined about yeah. repercussions. That's right. I'm going to give him that credit, right? Because we're all hard on yeah. him or a lot of stuff, but he's, I've never heard him whine about when it comes back the other way. So now the question is, does this season, does his aggression cost him an opportunity at a championship this year? He's in the playoffs, we know. He's a two-time winner. He's not in question of making the playoffs. The question I have is, the way he has chosen to race, does it cost him an opportunity? Danny Hamlin was asked. He didn't answer the question. KP, do you think the people that are unhappy with him do anything that hurts his That's chances? That's an excellent question. But I'm going to say this. I've been around this sport my whole life. That's why, I, that's why okay. I came to you. You've been around this sport. Have you ever seen a championship contender taken out in any way? This, it's a different system now. It's a different system. So you could take him out in the first round and it wouldn't even be noticed. Joey Logano. Yeah, and, and Joey Logano is the only guy. You know, Joey Logano is the only guy. That's why I asked the question. And, that, and that's exactly what I was going to say. The only guy that I've ever seen. But he was taken out. As, as, as you look at it and you go back to that race, it was the same thing. It was 
like Denny and Ross. It built, it built, it built, it built. So NASCAR now has got to bring, has brought these people in at different times and sit down and talk to them. Has that happened in this case? So, so, so I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. The, so I don't know that the room is big enough. Yeah. To bring all the people in. That they do it's the driver's meeting. Ross. They can yeah. just have like, the whole I, That's what that's and so yeah. The, no, I, I'm with so, you. So so I think. I think it's a valid point. I made the comment it is a valid point. during the race. It's a valid like, point. Are they going to let him win a championship? My, my thing about what I said about Ernie Irvin earlier was that he stood up in the driver's yeah. meeting at Talladega and said, guys, I, I, I have messed up. I have been messing up, and yeah. I'm going to fix it. And from that point on, he was better. Now, how does Ross do that? That's the question. Or you does can't he think he back, needs to? Right. You can't that, go back and apologize to everybody. That's the question. Does he just keep doing what he's doing? So that's I, the question. That's, and you know what? You know who needs to decide that? Ross Chastain. That's Ross Chastain. That's the right. only person. That's, that's right. the it's only deal, person man. needs to decide it's that. It's his deal. So, he might call Justin Marks and get his two cents. Yeah. Well, but, but Justin's already deal. told us. Yeah, yeah, good point. Maybe he already knows his too. Yeah, I think Justin's but made it very clear. Love and, it. And if I'm Justin Marks, I'm not so sure I'm not doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, he needs Ross Chastain to, Chastain to win races to yeah. make his business work. That's right. No, so, no, I'm not no sure argument I'm here. It. So, no argument here. Uh, well, listen, we, we are going to come back. More calls, one eight four four nascar nbc We're going to have some final thoughts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, we love racing here, and here's all we got to do to prove it. <laughs> Everything we have going True. on this week in motorsports, Dale Jr. Download, Michelin Pilot Challenge Series, Monster Jam, Xfinity, and Cup Racing from New Hampshire, Superbikes, IMSO, which I believe Parker will be at on Saturday, uh, NTT IndyCar Series from Toronto. Pick one. Join us. Yeah. Hey, Steve. Steve. You, you and I, Steve. Yeah, you yeah. and I, Steve. NASCAR Cup can't Series. Miss us. USA. USA. That's where we'll be. I'm interested to see this, too. New car at New Hampshire, you know, I, I think the shifting, multiple lanes. I, wow. I, I know this is still a Wednesday show, but I'm not oh, on yeah. it, so I'm going to let you talk about that on yeah. Wednesday. It'll be fun. It, 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 New Hampshire will be an interesting place for this car. It is. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Park it around the I'm apron, waiting. downshift a couple yeah, times. Downshift. And, yeah, downshift. Yeah. There'll yeah, be no contact or controversy. So I think that one thing we've seen with one thing we've seen with this car, this Cup car, it likes multiple grooves on short tracks. New Hampshire has shown that you can run the bottom or run the middle, so I think we could see a crazy race on Sunday. 100 percent. And with the shifting, you could maybe run a different gear lower and you run a different one higher. So I just think that opens up the play, you know, the options and the toolbox for the drivers. But guys, I got some, you know, we're getting to seven o'clock. I got dinner after this. I was wondering what I should eat later tonight, and I have this handy NASCAR oh. cooks book here. Uh, and I just want to point out two recipes of my, that are my favorites. Here I have uh, the Kyle Petty's Spicy Thai Chicken, by the way, right here. Thank spicy you, Kyle. Thai spicy Thai Chicken. chicken. Yeah. Love to know where you put oh. this one together. That's a, a wonderful chicken on rice you put together there. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you very and much. And then you plated it nicely, too. The little, the, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah. all the, yeah, that was yeah. nice plating. Well, this, good is, this one looks good. Jeff Burton's Peach Glaze Virginia Ham, Jeff. 
So if you just want to reel I, off that recipe real quick, because you probably can do it yeah. from memory, right? We can. Well, I love Virginia ham, but I didn't know you could eat a peach without peeling it. So what did I know about peach glazed ham? I don't, you just, know. Maybe. And just know this, Parker, that tonight Jeff and I are going to dinner, and we're still making royalties off that book. That's what's paying for our dinner tonight. Okay? So just know that. All right. Oh, man. And that's something different. To, that's also something different about racing today and we raced. Is that right there? Let me say Very this. Different. I need a cookbook. I got this on Wednesday. Congratulations, Parker. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.